0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Science of Deduction. I'm your host, Charlotte Holmes, and today we're going to uncover the solution to last week's Body in the Water case. God, I really need to work on my titles. Uh, Anyway, let's jump right in. Now, a lot of you who wrote in thought that the strange man in the elevator was the victim and that he was talking to the perpetrator, possibly trying to escape from him, One listener was curious about the placement of cameras in the hotel, whether there were others besides the ones in the elevator, and there were. I'm glad that you wanted to get more information, but one of the frustrating things about this case is that as it's an older hotel, the security system was fairly lax, and the hall cameras had a lot of blind spots. The only valuable footage was uh, the one that I described from the elevator. So who was the strange man in the elevator? Who was he speaking to? How does he relate to the man found in the water tank? Was he involved in murder? Was there even a murder committed? To give you the answer to this case, I'm going to tell you how the events unfolded as I worked it. I arrived at the Hillgate about a month after the body had been discovered. Most of the valuable evidence had been cleared away, and I had access to the forensic report that I gave to you already. The body found in the water tank was definitely male and young, probably early 20s, from what we could gather. This description was a match for the strange individual found on the elevator, and as the authorities had not been able to identify or locate that man, they came to the conclusion that they were the same person. All evidence seemed to point that way, anyway. I wasn't convinced, however, so I did some digging. I checked the hotel check-in records to see if a young male had checked in. The police had miraculously thought of that and accounted for anyone who matched that description. But then I decided to check the employee records. The police hadn't thought to think of that as all hotel employees had been accounted for as well. There was one staff member who fit the description of the victim slash the man in the elevator, Brian Evans. He also happened to be the same person who discovered the body in the water tank. So I decided to track him down. Now I followed Brian Evans for a couple of days. He worked the morning shift at the Hillgate and was off by 5 p.m. every day. Once he was done with his shift, he would drive a few blocks away to an abandoned parking lot where he would meet with some friends, three of them, and they'd smoke together. But this didn't look like a few guys getting together to get stoned after work. They weren't joking around. They were just standing and talking and looking like the world was about to come to an end. Which I was about to find out for them it was. The next morning i found an interesting article on the bbc there were two parents whose son had just gone away to america on a gap year and they hadn't heard from him in several weeks they apparently were having difficulty in tracking down where he'd last been and therefore they didn't know which authorities to contact i passed this information along to the officers who were working the case And some time later, they were able to obtain dental records for the English boy, and they turned out to be a match for the body that was discovered in the water tank. So, we had an ID for the victim. We just needed to figure out what had happened to him. I suggested interviewing Brian Evans, and the police agreed. After a long interrogation process, the story came out, quite a tragic one, The English boy, having just passed through Seattle, had met a group of friends, one of them being Brian Evans. It was a slow time for the Hill Gate where Brian worked, and there were many rooms available, so the boys decided to, you know, do as boys do and spend a night in one of the empty rooms, having all sorts of fun. Brian, since he knew the hotel, was able to sneak everyone in and avoid the security cameras and make sure the room wouldn't be booked that night. Somehow, nobody was exactly sure how, through a series of unexplainable circumstances, whether he drank too much, took too many drugs, or because of some other unknown cause, the English boy ended up dead. The other boys panicked and worried that they might be charged with murder. But as Brian pointed out, the boy was from another country. He was supposed to be in and out of contact with his family, They wouldn't notice his absence for a while, and even then they wouldn't necessarily be able to uh, find jurisdiction with the American authorities to figure out where their son had gone. So they decided to hide the body somewhere that nobody would think to look, and that's where Brian came up with the brilliant idea to uh, put him in the hotel's water tank. And as for the strange person in the elevator, well, it turns out that it was... Another of the boys, the one who was charged with uh, staying in the room to guard the body while they figured out how to get him down there. He went looking for Brian in a panic, pressed all of the buttons in the elevator until he found the floor that Brian was on. Brian refused to step into view of the camera, which is why the boy in the elevator had appeared to be talking to himself. In the end, each of those boys were charged with wrongful death for failing to report the boy's Uh, Death to the authorities. They'll be going on trial in a few months' time. That's it for this week's case, and I'm sorry to say, unfortunately, I don't have a new case lined up for you for the next episode. (gasps) What? Well, unfortunately for you, or maybe fortunately, I don't know, maybe you're having fun with these, maybe you're not. But the reason is that I'm going to be in London for the next two weeks. You can follow my Instagram for updates. In lieu of a case, though, I've prepared a little riddle for you. Now, you could probably find the answer online, but I challenge you not to seek it out there. So imagine that you are at the horse races. You arrive in time to catch the very first race, which is between a total of five horses. Dusky. Peanuts, Royal, Classic, and Park. Park finishes before Peanuts, but after Royal. Dusky manages to reach the finish line before Classic, but after Peanuts. Can you tell me in which order the horses finished the race? You can uh, send in your answers to my website. And again, follow my updates for my London trip on my Instagram. And until uh, the next episode, two weeks from now, where I hopefully will have a new case for you all and also potentially a special guest. Ooh! Um, Two weeks from now, tune in. Uh, Yeah. And I hopefully will see you all back then. Until then, game on.